Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We want you to know who you are and what you have in Christ. Don't keep this life-changing truths to yourself. Spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. Listen and be blessed. How do I release the power that is inside me for healing? Releasing the healing power from within you. As a background, like I said yesterday, I spent time to let you know. Jesus suffered. He was whooped. Um, Mel Gibson's um, uh, Passion of the Christ, when you saw how Jesus was beaten and his whole body ripped in pieces, I'm told, I mean, that he said, when you really study how Jesus was beaten, that one was a child play. That the guy became, he was ripped into pieces, his bones, everything exposed. That was the price he paid for your healing. And essentially, it will force us to look at the significance of the body the body of Christ, not the body of Christ as the church, but uh, designing the Lord's body as Paul was referring to in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 today. So, so like I showed you from the book of Isaiah 53, from 3 and 4, he was so, so whooped, he was so ripped apart because so that with his stripes, we are healed. And Peter was referring to the same thing in First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, when he said, with his stripes, we were healed 2,000 years ago. Uh, like I said, I'll come back to the issue of the flesh as distinguished from the issue of the blood. Because we know a lot about the blood, but we ignore the flesh. And this is why a lot of people are falling sick the flesh is, is for your healing. Your, the blood is for your salvation. And you need to know the difference. Um, let me challenge you right up front. If this is all I even achieve with you tonight, I want to challenge you to become a healer. I want you to challenge you to resolve that you will hate sickness. I want to challenge you to resolve to live your life to be to confront if there is any to confront infirmities in people's life. If there is one way that the devil is messing people's up, it is in finances and it is in their health. That's why in one verse, third John 2, God said, I wish above all things that you will prosper. Prosper, that is financially and in all areas. And be in health. So in one verse, God is saying, this is my desire for you, that you will prosper and be in health. But since our focus is on your finances, can, I mean, those, I have a few people in the hall. I, I, will, I will want them to, to repeat this declaration after me. It is based on scriptures because I, I really want you to repeat it after me because I want it to be 
your declaration. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And things of this kingdom are voice activated. They are voice activated. As you speak them, you are releasing them. So I want you to repeat after me and said, <clears throat> in the name of Jesus, I will be obedient to the word of God. Matthew 10, 8 commands me to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. I will do them in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive the power to tread upon serpent and upon scorpion and over every work of the enemy. Acts 1.8 tells me that I received power after the Holy Ghost came upon me. I have more than enough power in me to confront any infirmity in any life. In the name of Jesus, I will live an obedient life. I boldly declare, I will be laying hand on the sick and I do declare they will be healed. As I lay my hand upon the sick, they will recover. They will recover. I will preach the gospel to the poor, and they will be blessed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is in me. He is the hope of glory, so I spread his goodness everywhere that I go. In the name of Jesus Christ, I shall cast out demons, and I shall tread upon serpent and upon scorpion, and over every satanic war, I boldly declare nothing, absolutely nothing, shall harm me in the name of Jesus. I will decree a thing, it shall be established. My words will not fall to the ground. By his stripes, I have been healed. This body of mine is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Devil, you have no part in it. Every infirmity, get out of my body now in the name of Jesus. And I am decreeing right now all damages, all malfunctions in my body be restored. Be restored right now. My body, my systems, go back into normalcy. Function with perfection in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare my youth is being renewed like the eagle in the name of Jesus. I believe it. I have declared it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. I call it done now in Jesus' name. You see, wherever God's word is so absolutely clear, it is our duty to agree with God. Because whether or not you agree or not with God, his declared will will be manifested. One of the points I made yesterday is that people have abdicated their responsibility to take healing as their duty. And when we fail and something that we don't ex expect happen, somebody dies, uh, we people begin to adduce all kinds of things. Maybe that's how God wants it. Maybe this is that. Maybe that is that. And that's what lets some people who are very academic, 
<laughs> but their word lacks power to then say, oh, healing is gone with the apostles. It's a lie. And for us in this church, we, can, we don't need to say it's a lie. We see it every day. We see healing every day. You, everywhere, it doesn't matter where you are, you should see healing manifest every day in your life. You should live by it. That's, that's the word of God. The word, that he's, the, the word of God is life and it's true. We don't just want to talk about it. We do it. And that's what I'm challenging you. If you're not doing it, let it be. You see, when you begin to, to become an instrument of healing, you will just find that healing becomes natural to you too. I mean, um, the pipes through which water flows can never be dry. The reason why healing isn't manifesting in the life of many believers is that they're just looking for the water to fall on them. No, go and spread the water. As you're spreading the water, you'll find that you'll be wet. The Bible says give and it will be given to you. You see, yeah, we use it in, 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 in giving our seeds to God. But when you give healing, you will be healed. If you are falling, if you are sick, and you sit in one place, it's because you are not going to make healing happen to someone. So if you will only do this, if you will only commit yourself to this, if you will only find whatever it takes and commit yourself to seeing people healed, infirmity will see you and run. So like I said, where does power come from? Where does healing power come from? Where does healing power come from? Where does healing power come from? Settle it. If you are a believer, you are a God carrier. You carry God. God is inside you. God is inside you. The Bible says in the book of Romans, it says, if you do not have the spirit of Christ, then you are not his. Who is the spirit of Christ? Um, uh, what's it called? Acts 1.8. It says you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You carry the same power that woke Jesus Christ from the dead, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. I want this to be settled because some of you think it is anointing, some of you think it is uh, faith, some of you, it is God flowing from you to other lives. So when you are shaking the hands, you are laying hand on the person. Laying on of hand does not mean put your hand on people. Uh, no, it just means let there be a contact. We'll be looking at contacts because contacts take place in many ways. It takes place in anointing oil. It takes place in handkerchiefs. It takes place in, in you sitting on the seat somebody else has sat on. It's, it, it, is, it is laying on of hand. It's, it's so... Let me, let, the, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, that the same power that woke Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. If that power can woke a person from the dead after three days, what do you have in your system that it cannot wake up? What? Is it your kidney? 
Is it your liver? Is it your lung? Is it your eyes? What is it? Is it your muscles? What is it? What is it? It cannot only replace them when they are damaged. The damages they have caused, you can command them to be reversed. I don't know. Particularly in the areas of arthritis, arthritis could have left a system, the pain could have gone, but you need to speak that the damages be reversed be, so that the system, and you begin to see fantastic transformation. If it is high blood pressure, you don't just command the blood pressure to go down. You speak to the pancreas to go back into normalcy. If it is, if it is uh, sugar diabetics, you need to speak to it to come down and speak to the organs related to function with normalcy. You need to. And please, always add the word now. Because it is not later. And you will begin to see it do its work. Praise the Lord. So the power of resurrection is, is in you. You have no limits. You have absolutely no limits. So I want to deal with a very important question that I raised earlier. And that is <clears throat> how your healing, I mean, <clears throat> What does the Bible mean when it is saying you do not design the Lord's body? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse, chapter 11. What does the Bible mean by saying you do not design the Lord's body? I want to use this as a gateway into showing you some provisions that God has made for healing the sick. Now, I want you to know that the letter written to the Corinthians was written to the most carnal church where there is so much adultery, immorality. And if you go back there, Paul refers to them as saints. <laughs> I mean, he's an oxymoron. I mean, you people who are committing such terrible atrocity, he refers to them as saints. It is because they are saints in their spirits. But in their flesh, they don't get it. And so when you look at people, that's why I love 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 16. 1 Corinthians 5, 16. It says, henceforth, I do not know anyone after the flesh. After the flesh. Do not look at people from the outside. The real you is a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul, which consists of your mind, your will, and your emotion. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You are a spirit being. God is a spirit being. John 4.24. And those who will worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when God is talking and Paul is writing, he's talking about you as the real you that is your spirit. If you do not know that you are spirit, I believe that if you not too long ago, I, I took a series on, on your identity, uh, uh, and I began to tell you that the real you is spirit. So I, I believe if you have been following our series, if you have not, please go back and look. It's available on YouTube. It's available on Facebook. And you can go to our website. It's available there. Praise the Lord. 
um, his body is what was broken for our physical healing. His body is what was broken to purchase our health. When they were whooping him, 40 stripes and ripping his body all apart and that blood dripping and you could see he became like a piece of meat for barbecue, it was because of your healing. Why would somebody go through this? And you will reject his offer or replace what he is giving you with medication. Why? Why will you make an excuse? Because you, you don't want to exercise your faith. It's huge. We've got to know he wants us to live healthy and he suffered tremendously for it. Lord, thank you for all that you did. That is more than enough for us to really pursue our health, to pursue our healing. In fact, to live in divine health where we never need medication, where we never. And I'm praying for those of you on the sick bed. I'm praying for those of you who are dealing with one affliction or the other, with his stripes, which he received upon his body, with his blood dripping my, by that same authority. I am speaking to that infirmity. Devil, you do not have any right to this body. Jesus suffered it all. Affliction will not arise a second time. Therefore, you infirmity, go. Live in the name of Jesus Christ. I release healing. I release wholeness. I release, I release strength all over you. I command every damage to be, to, be, to be repaired. I decree restoration over you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in the name of Jesus. Thank you for answered prayers in Jesus' name. You see, when Paul caught the revelation of what took place in Matthew 24, when they, Jesus sat with his disciples and it said, this is my body which is broken for you, and this is my flesh, this is, this is my, uh, uh, my, the, the, my blood uh, uh, of a new covenant. Drink it in remembrance of me. Paul was describing this. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 11. Um, let's go to verse... Um, Okay, honey, you're in the house. Read it from verse 27. Read it from verse 27. 1 Corinthians 11, 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord is an un in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So it's referring, this is what we typically refer to as communion. And I want you to see that communion is one of the ways you receive your healing. So he's saying, whoever eats of my body or, and drink of my blood. So when you are receiving this, you need to, under, you need to eat, eat and drink it with understanding. You need to eat and drink it Please, honey, back up. I've given it to you. you. Look at verse 24. Back up to 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, mm -hmm. Take, eat. 
This is my body which is broken for you. Okay. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Continue. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. In other words, now this is the issue. How can you eat and drink in an unworthy manner? Those who are very sin conscious, they begin to look quickly at the sin. Please, sin is terrible. But this is not what Paul is talking about here. Continue, honey. But let a man examine himself, okay. and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. How can we discern the Lord's body? You can see the gravity of it, because if you don't discern it, it, it brings judgment, and it, you will soon see it is the reason why people are falling sick. In other words, if you can discern it correctly, it is the reason why people get healed. Go on. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, can and you many see? sleep. For this For reason, many are weak. For this reason, many are sick, and many even do what? Die. Go on. For if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Bottom line, how can you design it? How can you design it? You can only design it by going back to my teaching yesterday. By knowing that it is in that body, that body, that you were healed. You go back, I, I, I know I gave you Isaiah 53, I gave you verse um, 4 and 5, I gave you Psalm 103, 1 to 3, I gave you 1 Peter 2.24. Keep it in your mind. Every time you take this flesh, this flesh was where your healing was paid for. This blood was where your salvation was paid for. This is how to design it. Of course, if there are sins in your life, it opens you up to the devil. But let me throw something here on this issue of sin. Somebody asked a very fantastic question. Do you know there was not a single person that Jesus healed? Check throughout the Gospels where he said, oh, because of your sin, that's why you are going through this. No, after he had healed them, he says, don't go back to your sin. Sin is not a reason why any of us should not be able to do. If you, let me, if you went to India, if you went to most of these Asian countries where an average family has about 200 gods that they worship, how many sin are you going to cast out? How many demons? Yet, people, you go, people go there and they experience uncommon things. <laughs> yeah. After a believer comes in, that's the only time he can live like a believer. 
If he's not a believer and God needs the healing, the Bible says uh, uh, in Acts 1, 8, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you will be my witness. He uses the heal healing as an announcement. He uses it to gain people's attention. He uses it as an advertisement to preach the gospel. He uses it as an advertising. They don't, nobody argues when they see result. They don't argue. They don't argue. Praise God. Jesus is the bread that we're eating. It is his flesh we're eating. According to John 7, 38, he says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread that came down from heaven. For us, the believer... Jesus is the living word, is the, is, is, is the, is the bread, is the, is the living word, is, is alive, is the bread that became our food. He is the bread that came down from heaven. You will see that again in John, John 6, 51. It says, I am the living bread. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. So when you are eating the communion, you are eating the bread that came down from heaven. His flesh is, I mean, sorry, his flesh is the, is, is the, is the new covenant in our lives. I mean, it's, it's referred to as the new and living way. His flesh is referred to as the new and living way, Hebrew 10, 20. This flesh is crucial, is so crucial. It is the flesh that is the new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. His flesh was the word that gave us access into the holy of holy. So communion is extremely powerful. Communion is extremely powerful. When you are eating it, you are tapping into your, uh, 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 into your covenant right. It's better still, your kingdom right as a believer in the new covenant. Jesus paid for it. You're taking it. You're taking your healing. So please let me encourage you. In fact, if time will permit us, I would want us to serve it. I would want to serve a communion in the end of this. So please, I will ask a communion to be to quickly be brought to me here. So, um, so I, I will be serving it with you. So go get yourself a small piece of bread and a little drink. Go get yourself a piece of bread and a little drink. So communion is a very powerful instrument. Another instrument for healing that is used is the laying on of hand. I explained laying on of hand yesterday. Laying on of hand is the process of transferring what is inside you to someone else. And there are many ways of doing it. You can do it by laying hand. Laying hand doesn't mean put your hand on people's head. Just, just shake your hand. Shake people. Today, because of this thing going on, there is no shaking or on of hand. But let me tell you, the place you sit down in, a part of you is left on that. The documents you are transferring to people, the, your, your DNA is on them. Uh, unless they're, even if they're electronic, you can speak to it. 
and you are laying on of on laying on laying hand on it. Laying on of hand is the way through which you are transferring the power of God. The Bible says in Mark 16, 17, 18, actually, it says, as a believer, you will lay hand on the sick, they will recover. It's simply saying you are connecting that person to that indwelling power that is inside you. Peter, uh, Peter in the book of Acts chapter number 3, from verse 6 to 8, he grabbed that lame man, and right then that man received strength in his, uh, uh, in his ankles and bones because power was being transferred. That is, uh, I mean, uh, and another way you lay hand, not necessarily, it is through the, the Bible says, the shadows of Peter, the shadows of Peter was healing the sick. It was, it is because they had put faith in the anointing on the life of Peter. And Peter became conscious of it. The people became conscious of it and they connected with that power. They connected with that power in the book of Acts chapter 5 from verse 15 to 16. Ananias laid hand on brother Saul and he received his sight uh, as a result of the Roman road experience. In the book of Acts 19 from 11 and 12, the Bible says handkerchiefs were taken from the body of Paul and uncommon miracles were worked. When that handkerchief that is prayed upon was touched, people got healed. It was so. It is part of laying on of hand. When you get into the book of James, chapter 5, 14 and 15, you get to the to the to a point where uh, um what's it called um prayer was just give me one um where prayer was um the, the book of james says uh, pray a prayer for uh, uh, it says any is anyone sick among you let him call upon the elders of the church that is referring to a, a new and a young believer. Let them pray for him. Let them anoint him with oil. The, and then it added, it is the prayer of faith that heals the sick. So anointing oil, handkerchiefs, laying on of hand, all of these are vehicles through which people are healed. Through which people are healed. Because the flesh is Jesus. But the point I want you to know in showing you this is that this was written to carnal Christians. Carnal Christians must hold something in their hand. They must hold an handkerchief. They must touch an oil. They must uh, touch a communion. It is carnal. And God comes to their level. So, quickly... We are going to eat. I've told you to get bread, a piece of bread. Um, we will be eating it now. Um, we will be eating it. This is the flesh. He says, this is my body, which is broken for you. So I want you to, as you eat this in the name of Jesus, everything that is broken in you will be healed. As you eat this, every infirmity will go. 
In the name of Jesus, I command them to go to the cross of Calvary where they belong in Jesus' name. Revelation 12, 11 says, We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Therefore, I boldly declare, the blood of Jesus will avail for you and destroy every work of the enemy in Jesus' name. Thank you. So I've shown you quite a few of these. Um, now, so communion is one way of getting healed. It is Christ in the physical, in the physical. This is symbolic of Christ himself, his flesh, and his blood. But for those of us who are believers... For those of us who are believers, I want you to show you something in the book of Colossians, chapter number 2, 17 and 18, I mean 16 and 17, honey. Colossians, chapter 2, 16 and 17. So let no one judge you mm -hmm. in food or in drink. Okay. Or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Okay. Which are a shadow of things to come. You see, all this, including this one, they are a shadow. I mean, a shadow, when it is, when you are under the beam of, of a light or you are under the sun, you will see shadow. Now, if, if you are walking and somebody sees your shadow and knows you, he says, oh, that's so, so, so person coming. But let me say this to you. When you arrive, if that person, instead of shaking you, jumps on the ground and is hugging the, your shadow on the ground, I, I, how will you think, what will you think that person is? As a... <laughs> it's up to you. Some of you might think that person is crazy because, seriously, in the new covenant, we don't hug shadows. With our faith, scripture says do this, but our faith is not in shadows. Are you with me? Our faith is in the substance, and the substance is Christ. And this, the substance being Christ is the living word. So when you are taking the word of God, you are taking Christ. When you are taking the word of God, you are taking Christ. If you are not reading the word, if you are not meditating in the word, you are not walking with him. Praise God. Could, could finish that, that passage you were reading, honey. You are a shadow of things to come. Oh, which is Christ? You've read it. But the substance is of Christ. The, the, the substance, the real substance is Christ. So what I'm offering you here is Christ. What I'm offering you is Christ. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, Scripture says, as the children of Israel walked the wilderness, a rock followed them, and that rock, although Moses thought he was striking a rock, no, it was not a rock. It, Christ was the rock. So those things were shadows of a substance. So you want to, when, when Moses struck the rock, he was striking, he was striking Christ. So some people might say, why, oh, why was God so tough on Moses? Now you are understanding why it's tough. Why God is tough, was tough for Moses. For you. Let's go to the book of 
You remember, remember this, remember this. I already told you. If you are in Christ, you carry his spirit. The Bible says in Romans uh, 8, 9, if you do not have the spirit of Christ, then you are not his. Acts 1, 8, it says you will receive power. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Acts, Ephesians 1, 8 and 9. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. I want that to sink in you. Having said that, let's go to the book of um, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 11. Romans 8 and 11. This, this is a text you need, to you need to meditate on. You need to keep repeating. He says, now there, now, now, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who what? In dwe who dwells in you. So I want you to really say it. Christ, the spirit of Christ dwells in me. Therefore, he is quickening, healing, repairing every damage in my body. In the name of Jesus, I believe it. I see it in my spirit. That the spirit that woke Christ from the dead is healing me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. In Jesus' name. Please look up. Let me show, let me show you something. Years ago, some folk, a particular, I read it that a particular guy was, I mean, he, it was a hopeless cancer case. And so he was in an, it was an hospice case. But then, he read in a magazine in the home there that says the white blood corpuscles inside him is what eats up all the infirmities in his body. So somebody now asked him to close his eyes and see those white blood corpuscles as as big sharks that are eating away all the cancer in his body. So he will sit down there sometimes and will just be visualizing in his, in, in his imagination. He was actually activating and seeing that power going to every part of his body and eating up the, the uh, uh, infirmities in his body. And gradually, in a record time, and they could not explain it medically that a man that has been committed to die became totally cancer-free. I'm showing you something that is much more than that. You carry the power of resurrection in your system. You should begin to meditate and see it going and eating everything. You see, the area where you have infirmity in your body is the area where you have not allowed that power to walk into. I want you to visualize it. I want you to imagine it and see, release that power. Number one, how do you release it? You release it by knowing the power is there. You cannot release what you don't even know is there. You cannot spend the money that you don't know is in your pocket. That's number one. So number one, say, I have it. 
Now, knowing and saying that it's one thing to know you have it, it's another to say that you have it. In this kingdom, death and life is in the power of our mouth. By declaring that I have the power of resurrection, by voice activating it, you are releasing it. And I see that power of resurrection eating up every infirmity in my body. I want you, because this is the way God wants believers to be healed. I want you to keep declaring it. The power of resurrection in my system is eating up every infirmity, whether I know of them or I don't know of them. In the name of Jesus Christ, my spirit, soul, and body, I am being healed right now by the power that woke Jesus Christ from the dead. I see pains going. I see weaknesses going. I see all my muscles, all my bones, everything in my system being reprogrammed, being renewed right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, which power is greater than the power of God? First John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, greater is he that is in you. The power is in you. Is in you. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you are able to think or ask. According to the power that is working, it is working, 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 working in you. Working, 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 working in you. You need to keep declaring it. It is voice activated. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ that's living in me. Christ, the spirit of Christ. Christ, the spirit of Christ. They are living in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God. Not in the Son of God. Of the Son of God. Wow. So, you, the faith you have is the faith of God. Is the faith of God, is the faith of God too small? It is the faith of God. Activate this, keep declaring it, keep believing it, keep seeing it in your mind, keep seeing it, involve, keep seeing it, keep seeing the change you want, keep seeing the changes you desire. God needs you to be involved. God has not made you as a robot. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth. You will meditate in it, keep chewing it in your mind, day and night. You will, you will, you will, that you may do what it says. And therefore, at the end, you will not only have success, you will have good success. I think sometimes we use prayer as an excuse not to do what we ought to do. Prayer, great as it is, prayer should be lived in communion. There is power inside you, my brother. My sister, there is power inside you. Cancer cannot kill you. No, no, no. Arthritis cannot kill you. No, kidney cannot kill you. No, 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 no. No heart condition can kill you. No, 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 no. No underlying condition. COVID cannot kill you. Nothing can kill you. You've got what it takes. You have it. 
I want you to declare it. I have it. I have. I have him. Not even it. I have him. I, I, I am a God carrier. I'm a God carrier. I, I, but it is not enough to know. It is also important to declare it. It's not enough to declare it. It's also important to keep seeing it walking. Remember this in closing. The Bible says, I want you to know that you and God are one. That I want you to know. You and God are one. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. In the book of John 15, 5, the Bible says, <laughs> I am the, you, you and God still, you are one. You are joined together. It makes clear. It says, I'm divine. You are my branches. Can a tree and its branches be separated? In Psalm 1, Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You are one with him. Let it be clear from 1 Corinthians 6, 17. You are one with God. Live in the consciousness that you are a God carrier. Live in the consciousness that he doesn't leave you. Keep talking to him all day. Keep communing with him. Make it a habit. Whisper to him. Ask him questions. Don't just leave him in the, have a devotion with him and quit on him all day. Only, to, only when you want to go to bed at night, you now talk. No, no, no. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And remember he promised you in the book of Romans, um, Hebrew 13.5. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What more do you want? He is with you. He is in you. Release that power inside you. You have eaten his flesh, you have drank his blood, but the ultimate way of receiving your healing is through the indwelling presence as a believer. All those other ones, therefore, in levels of unbelievers, I'm sorry, um, carnal baby Christians, they need, uh, they need oil to be poured on them. Live, live. Live above sickness. Live above infirmity. That thing that is, you think is bothering you, believe that you will decree a thing it will, it will be established, that it will go. And speak it. Be bold about it. Be confident about it. And don't change your word. Keep decreeing it. And you will see change. I decree that every word from your mouth is sealed in heaven. In Jesus' name.